Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to December. This is episode 55 of the UFC State of the Union podcast. My name is Brian Vosper. I am the host. Um, in this episode, we are going to go back in time a little bit. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving and, you know, they're getting their, they getting their Christmas lights set up and they're all, you know, excited for Christmas coming up now that we're in December. Um, you know, took a tiny break with the holidays, but we're going to get back on track here because we got some awesome cards to end up, end the year and we'll be more consistent going through in 2024. But um, I'm going to go back in time. We've got Jiri versus Pereira. We're going to recap what happened there. Um, then we're going to go into Brendan Allen versus Paul Craig, that card real quick. And then we got it starting pretty soon here. So we got Sarukian versus Daryush for tonight, um, which is an awesome card top to bottom. Um, so I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to get it started. I'm going to throw in some stuff here also, you know, my, some stuff that's happened as well over the past few weeks. Um, you know, some of the stuff like Dana has talked about how there is a super fight potentially in the works for UFC 300. If that's maybe McGregor, what's going to happen? We saw, you know, some some meme pages even posted GSP Nate Diaz on there. And so um, nothing official on what that super fight is. I might give some of my opinions on what that could be. Um, but yeah, let's go back in time. Jury versus Pereira. I'm just going to start from the bottom, go up this whole card, kind of some of the, the fights that really stood out. You know, I'll probably start with Madsen versus Gordon. You know, I think one thing with Madsen that's happening here, I actually picked him uh, to win. He's the underdog. But I think, man, this guy's got to work on his striking to set up his takedowns. And um, I think it was his first loss. Um, He was just nonstop spamming takedowns versus Grant Dawson. And, um, you know, Grant Dawson's grappling is really top-notch. It's better MMA grappling. So he was actually able to, you know, kind of just not kind of beat Madsen in the grappling department. I think going into this fight, that kind of um, maybe psyched Madsen out a little. And he just decided to – he stood for most of the fight until he eventually – I think the whole fight. I don't think he even shot a takedown. And he got KO'd. So – I, and a lot of people were confused about that. Like, you know, dude, you're silver medalist in wrestling. Yeah, you had that one fight not go your way. Um, but you're now you're just like not even shooting takedowns at all. And then his striking definitely is not at the, was not at the level of Gordon. He gets caught. So, um, yeah, I think there's, um, I don't know, Madsen, I think needs to maybe go back to training with Cejudo or something or get more like get more balance what he's doing or maybe he needs to i don't know change things up a little because you know the two extremes are not working he needs to get more balance there um then you had um borshev versus sadikov that fight was awesome oh man borshev almost gets ko'd um and then he just rallies back stays in that fight so showed his heart and that fight was i'm pretty sure that was fight of the night but that guy is so cool to watch just working the body and everything um rebecca versus roberts man you gotta feel for for roberts here they gave him rebecca on um so roberts takes the fight on short notice and he's going against this freaking tank like Rebecca doesn't even look like a 155 or he just looks like a freaking goliath like when this fight got started and i was like wait what in the world this is at 155 the dude looks freaking massive like I, I i don't know this guy's a tank and so um man it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with Rebecca next uh richie versus godinez that was a good one um urseg versus costa um i think one of the ones that you know I really liked a lot. Um, 
Lopez versus Sabatini, man. Oh, man. Lopez, his stock is flying. Um, Where, you know, I think most people, including myself, I was going, you know, he's probably going to get a submission um, if it hits the mat. And what happens? His scrambles, and he just lands a freaking bomb shot on Sabatini to set up the KO. So this kid is looking freaking dangerous as heck. This is looking like, you know, similar style. I don't want to say similar style to the Cheetah Box guys, you know, where they're like very all in your face out the gate. But I want to make a comparison to how like, you know, he's obviously not there yet, but like how Oliveira's style is where he's or even like a Gilbert Burns or someone where it's like, okay, now we're seeing this dude is very decorated in jujitsu. His ground game is no joke. But now we're seeing he can crack. He can KO people. And that's like the mixture that definitely moves people up the rankings fast um i could see this kid you know i really want to see this kid get definitely a ranked opponent next maybe his stock is going up so high you probably could put him in a fight night i want to say he made a a call out to do that um you know you have to remember also the mozart of louis five he took that on short notice and a lot of people including myself i thought he won that fight um because the submissions like yeah, the striking numbers went for, you know, for Evluiv. But the thing is, when you've got submission attempts that are that close to ending the fight, that is not, like, the same as, like, control time and stuff like that. Like, you're putting them into, like, sequences. Like, it was insanely close to ending the fight. I think that deserves more credit, and I don't feel like the judges gave as much credit as they should have. Um, towards those submission attempts in that fight. So I really thought he should have should have won that. It's kind of like the same thing with um, maybe almost like a just a really crazy ground and pound sequence where the fight's very close to, you know, over. Obviously, damage, you know, is going to get the, the most um, criteria uh, for good reason. But the thing is, I think in that fight specifically, looking back with how close some of those submission attempts were, I definitely put those over what Evluiv was doing because Lopez was a lot closer to ending the fight on multiple occasions than Evluiv was. And I think they led it too much, gave a little too much credit to maybe the control time um, over what um, Lopez was doing. But regardless, I want to see, you know, see, I want to see Lopez get a, a, a fight night or a high ranked opponent. Frivola versus Santanese. This one was kind of, you know, Santanese, no joke. It's definitely on the radar now. His call-out didn't really make sense where he, like, was calling out for, like, top fives. I want to say he called out, like, Poirier or Gaethje. Um, it's like, dude, Frivola, I'm pretty sure if he was ranked, he was in the 10 to 15 slot. We need to pull it up, but I'm trying to move quick here. He definitely wasn't top 10. Um, and so... Um, not saying that disrespectfully, but um, he wasn't um, top ten. And the thing is, like, um, Santanis calling out now for was calling out for like a top five. It's like, yeah, buddy, slow your roll a little bit. Like, it was an awesome KO, but I think you know before you call out top fives, you got to call out you know make your way up the ladder first. Call out the someone in the six to ten range, then go top five. Um, you're not gonna get that treatment unless if you got some like. Um, maybe some Khabib privilege or something like that <laughs> where um, where they're going to like freaking catapult you up the rank. It's like nobody's business. They're kind of doing the same thing with Sarukian, to be honest. I feel like with, for tonight at least, uh, Sarukian, like in his last fight, um, he got an unranked opponent on short notice um, that came into Phil. And then um, Sarukian almost got KO'd. 
And so I find it kind of interesting how after that happened, they're giving him Daryush, who's a top five. And, you know, I know I understand they're trying to go with the backstory, get the Makachev Sarukian rematch going. But um, I don't know. I just don't feel like, you know, after almost getting KO'd by someone unranked, then you give him a top five. And Sarukian, I want to say he's sitting at maybe like around. I'm going to pull it up here. Um, I want to say he's sitting around eight. Um, but yeah, I just. I, I I think it was um, a little strange they they went this high, but also see I also see the other side, you know. Yeah, he is sitting at eight, and uh, Saint Denis was uh, ranked number eleven. Frivola wasn't un- what? Well, I think he took Frivola's rank, um, but Saint Denis is at number eleven. So again, going back to what I was saying, how you know um, can't really be calling out you know Poirier at number three or Gaethje at number two when you're at 11 unless you got some like stupid star power or something um Andrade versus Dern man I actually kind of called this one um how's that Buffalo Wild Wings I was going Andrade by KO uh my dad was like no that's not happening and it happened (laughs) but um um what I was thinking about this fight going into it was that Dern um during the uh, the fight week was talking a lot i want to say i made this in my prediction um during the week was talking a lot about her divorce and kind of things going on in life her gym closing down um it seemed like there was a lot of stuff emotionally um um hitting her and i think that kind of i was like i was thinking like that could affect her in this fight um where if she's not able to get her takedowns going or she just try maybe tries to stand a little too much she's gonna get caught and that's pretty much what happened um where you know in the angela hill fight we saw she had a lot better striking in this fight it seemed like that just kind of kind of disappeared and yeah that can't be happening against Andrage if you're gonna try and just like trade with her she had moments where she she clipped Andrage for a second but um yeah like Andrage had like four knockdowns in one round and then eventually got called something like that but it was um yeah I I really think I kind of did point that I feel like I I kind of called that a little bit I was that maybe something you know, during fight week was kind of telling like, oh, this could, she might go into this a little emotional. Going Aspinall, maybe I'm wrong there. That's just my opinion. Aspinall versus Pavlovich. Man, looking back at this fight, um, Pavlovich clipped Aspinall right in the beginning. I feel like in that sequence, he should have gone for broke. He should have gone for broke. He should have just chased. Um, because then he gave um, gave Aspinall second to reset. You know, probably was afraid of the counter. Um but I think that in that moment, I think he should have blitzed him like he did in like the Derek Lewis fight and stuff. Just go for broke, dude. Like, cause Aspinall is too fast, um, and like too, too, too. He's too good in those situations to let him reset and then get his like timing down. And then I think that was just a, a mistake by Pavlovich. Um, I think it was obvious that in that fight, it was definitely not going the distance. Someone was going to get caught, and so I think at that moment. Uh, my opinion, I think he should have just gone for broke. I don't think Aspinall would have expected that if he just blitzed him right there, and he probably, you know, could have had a lot better shot at getting it, getting him out of there. Um, but he let him reset, and then Aspinall was able to, you know, time time his stuff and just knock get a KO. One thing I don't like that's kind of going on with Aspinall though is then he goes on Bisming. Every time he goes on Bisming's podcast, 
ah, man, it's getting a little, <laughs> a little too much where it's like, um, he even got called out for it in the presser. Someone cited something he said on Bisming's podcast and he was like, that's BS. I never said that. And then, um, he goes on Bisming's podcast, you know, basically talking about how like, you know, you know, how he should fight Stipe next and stuff like this. And it's like, dude, it's kind of obvious that they're going Jones Stipe and then they're, and then both are retiring. That's pretty much what's going to happen. Um, it does not make sense for Stipe to accept a fight with Aspinall. Um, just because like, let's be honest here. The UFC wants to book the John Jones fight. It does nothing for Stipe to fight risk and fight Aspinall. If Stipe does pull off an upset and beats John Jones, that does way more for your career than beating Aspinall. Um, and so, and this is probably the last run for Stipe. Um, I think one thing with a lot of the Aspinall fans too, are like, even call even calling for Aspinall was even doing this. He was, I think, he was the one that started it. Where he's talking about, you know, how John Jones should be stripped. It's like, dude, you've got eight UFC fights, eight UFC fights. Um, John Jones has seventeen title fight wins with over twenty UFC fights. Um, dude, he's only been in title fights since two thousand ten, and so. Like there were some people saying it's disrespectful for John to not just for him to hold up the division and stuff like this, dude. If anything's disrespectful, it's someone with only eight UFC fights calling for like based the what most who most people consider the goat of the sport to be stripped, um, and then you fight Stipe. It's like, dude, slow your roll. You beat Pavlovich, you're gonna get a title shot, or they're gonna just elevate your title your title to you know undisputed title if john and stipe both retire after that fight but to be calling for john jones to be stripped that's just wild um they're not gonna do that like it's like dude 17 title fight wins let's be honest here if aspinall does become the ufc champ the undisputed champ how many people really are betting that he's gonna have 17 title fight wins 10 plus title defenses I don't think many would probably put money on that. He's probably going to have 10 plus title defenses. Um, and so that's the thing. Like you got to respect like what John Jones has done in the sport. You can't be doing stuff like that going on Bisming's podcast. And I get it. You know, uh, the two guys, two guys from England, it gets hyped up, you know, um, wanting Aspinall to become the undisputed champion, but to call up for John Jones to be stripped. That's just, that's a little, little too far in my opinion. Um, and John's most likely fight as soon as he's healed up, he's probably going to fight. I I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, maybe, you know, depending on when he's going to be back with his, um, cause he got a peck, he torn peck. Let's say he's out, you know, six more months still, still would not be at the year. Um, you could maybe do like international fight week, something like that. John, John Jones, Stipe, that would blow that up. UFC 300 if if John is better by then oh man you put that on UFC 300 woo with McGregor which is obviously happening oh my gosh talk about breaking records you do it at the sphere which also they were rumoring um goodness gracious you know that's gonna break like every record in the book um so yeah but Aspinall there's a lot of good fights you can still do I I don't know you know they might have a situation here still where you know um, I don't know if they're going to have him wait the whole time, but I mean, you could still do like 
kind of what, you know, Gaethje versus Tony did, where Tony was the interim champion. He risked it against, you know, risked it against Gaethje. Um, there are still a lot of good fights you can do. I mean, with Aspinall, um, I don't know if you want to put him on the sidelines that whole time, but we'll see what happens. Um, and then going into the main event, you know, what I was kind of calling, I think Pereira is going to get a little, maybe a little too wild and get clipped by that left hand of doom, which is what happened. Um, some people, you know, calling maybe early stoppage, but when it lands, and then he starts landing those elbows. If you watch closely, you can see he actually does go out when like they're like rolling rolling back. So you can see he goes out. And he even Jerry even admits that like I went out. And so yeah, it was a uh, it, it was good a good stoppage in my opinion. Maybe you could have let it go a little longer, but you do see him go out. And so I don't have much problems with it. Um, Pereira's call out of Izzy. Interesting how things basically went full circle if you really think about it how there is the clip of izzy um talking a while back it went before prayer was in the ufc how this guy is gonna be in a bar somewhere saying i beat that guy um well i'm gonna be champ fighting for world titles and no one's gonna even know who he is it goes full circle Pereira does what Izzy tried to do, becomes the two, the 205 champ, and Izzy is, and basically trains someone to beat Izzy. Izzy is not the champ now, is wanting to sit out till 2027, and now is the one constantly posting about how I beat that guy, um, how I have one win against Pereira. So I don't know if karma's... I mean, I think that karma, karma's real. I think it did go full circle there because now Izzy's that guy that's sitting on the sidelines somewhere hanging on to that one win, and he's not champ anymore. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't think it's the – it is a super fight, you know, to do Pereira-Izzy, but I don't think that's the um, – in my opinion, I don't think that's the right move for Pereira to give Izzy an instant shot at 205. Um I don't think he deserves it. Um, I think he would need to do what Pereira did um, and get at least one win at 205. I want to say Dana even said that, um, where, you know, you could run back, you know, per, um, you know, Blockwitz versus Izzy, something like that, because Pereira had to go through the guy that Izzy lost to, and he beat him. Um, so I really think, you know, maybe you can do Jiri versus Izzy. That would be an interesting one if you wanted to do 205. Uh, for Izzy, but I do think um, before you go that title shot for Izzy, since he did get beaten pretty bad for his belt, I don't think you should go instant title shot at 205 for him. I think that's a little disrespectful, especially since there's a lot of, you know, a lot of contenders at the top that deserve the 205 strap with all the kind of things or a title shot um, with all the stuff going on. Uh, Jamal Hill just had, but the situation with Jamal Hill that kind of opens up things a little bit where Jamal Hill apparently had a domestic violence situation where he beat up his brother yesterday and cops were involved and Jamal Hill was arrested. So that clearly was the fight they were probably looking at booking next for for Pereira. But um, that kind of opens things up where maybe you're going to get maybe Ankalat. They were looking at booking, you know, Ankalat Walker too um, because of the drama that happened in that fight. Um, you could technically maybe promote Uncle Live to get a title shot. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things you can do um, now that that happened. But um, 
It's going to be interesting. I just don't think that Izzy deserves that title shot next at 205. He would have to at least get a, a top five win at 205, then he could get it. But, you know, that is probably the biggest money fight you could do for Pereira. So I also see it from the business standpoint, especially if they're looking at, you know, UFC 300, doing a massive card at the Sphere, stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, but um, Pereira got it done, man. This guy's is UFC resume is already freaking ridiculous where he's won a belt in two weight classes. He's taken out champs left and right. Um, good gosh, man. And that, and that left hand is just no joke. It's just like, it seems like, you know, it's that thing that people know is coming, but you can't stop it. <laughs> um, going into, you know, the next card, you know, I'm going to fly through it real quick. This was the, um, Paul Craig versus Brendan Allen. Um, you know, I'm going to talk about a few of the fights that I thought were pretty interesting. Um, you know, Pierce versus Brito, um, that fight was, there was a sequence where he's like, where Pierce is telling Brito to do something and then he gets choked out like 30 seconds later. <laughs> it's like, dude, you can't be doing that. Um, that was interesting. Um, or by that guy's looking dangerous as heck. Um, Rebus versus Pinero. Um, oh man, Rebus landing that, that, that kick. That was crazy. Um, she, and de- she desperately needed that win. Um, Talbot versus Aguirre. That was another great one. Hooper versus Levitt. Hooper, you know, I'm kind of seeing with Levitt, you know, if he gets in grappling changes, like, you know, his submission defense doesn't seem the greatest. That's not saying like Hooper's submissions are awesome, but it seems like Levitt's, like, submission defense is not, like, the greatest, if I'm being honest. Um, but Hooper gets it done. And so, going to be interesting seeing what we do there. You know, one fight that might make sense, you know, since he did just lose. Um, I mean, Hooper versus Frivola. I mean, that might be a, be an interesting one. Both unranked, both got names. Um, you know, stylistically, Frivola can crack. You know, it could be... Uh, but Hooper, you know, his grappling's getting better. His striking is getting better. I think that could be an interesting one. See what happens. Morales versus Matthews. Morales gets it done. And then going into Paul Craig versus Brendan Allen. This is kind of, you know, um, it was interesting. You know, Paul Craig, I think, is just getting, uh, he's good. But, you know, if you can get past the, the like, one-dimensional stuff, if he goes against a very g- good grappler, Brendan was able to, you know, neutralize you know craig's grappling there was some good grappling exchanges where paul craig did get did close get close on some stuff but you know brendan was able to just get it done and then submit paul craig i think just really i think if you were to add just better striking to paul craig's arsenal um it would just make him just a lot more dangerous but um and yeah brendan Allen was able to get it done um he's going back to what he was doing where he's like calling out like top threes he wants like Whitaker and he's been doing this since the Bruno Silva win it's like dude okay now you're ranked I think 11 it's like dude same exact thing call out someone's you know six to ten um even after the Bruno Silva win he was calling out you know um Drickus he was calling out for you know a title title shot if no one was available it's like dude 
you got to work your way up the ladder, man. You also can't ignore the fact you got KO'd by Chris Curtis. You got KO'd by Strickland. You can't just like ignore those losses, go beat a bunch of guys that are unranked or not top, not even top 10 yet, and then you're calling for number one contender fights and title shots. It's like, dude, that's not how it works. Um, especially if you don't have like a crazy following, which Brendan Allen does not have. Um, it would be interesting to see stomach just grumbled, but um, <laughs> it would be um, one fight that could be interesting, you know, do the rematch of Brendan Allen versus Chris Curtis, you know. I think stylistically that's the type of fighter that gives Brendan Allen a lot of problems. If you can stop Brendan Allen's takedowns um, and he's forced to stand and you're a fighter that has a good gas tank and does better as the fight goes on, um, I think Strickland and Curtis, since they both trained together, were able to see that. Like, hey, dude, you stop his takedowns and you're able to drag out the fight, he's, he's an easy win. And that's literally both did the same thing. They were both able to, you know, just kind of keep piecing them up and set up KO sequences. So, I mean, I think that's like, you know, or give, give Brendan Allen a fighter like that that has, you know, I, you know, I think Chris Curtis, Brendan Allen would be interesting. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of... I, I just I don't like how Brendan Allen keeps calling for like top threes and stuff. It just does not make sense. Um, going into tonight, so given my predictions for tonight, um, audio just cut out for a second. Um, but going into Sarukian versus Daryush, um, you know, one thing that's very interesting, you know, we saw some beef happen this week. Um, Sarukian rolls up. Uh, um, with his whole squad to Bobby Green, and then you know he Armin pushes, um, tries to get, seems like he grabbed his neck, and pushes him away. Um, but it's like, dude, what are you doing, man? It's like five v one. It's like, it's just lame. Like Bobby was super calm, you know, deescalates. But then the thing is, it's like, what what the heck was Ar- Armin even doing there? It's like. You can't be pulling this crap. Like, dude, you almost got KO'd in your last fight by an unranked guy. Um, now you're rolling up on people with, like, 5v1, trying to act tough. And then what happens, it happened today, a clip came out, Bobby Green rolls up on Armin and his team, and they run away screaming. <laughs> there are people from Armin's team just screaming, running away. And so it's like, now you know... Armin and his team are not about that life. If uh, <laughs> so, so kind of hilarious. You literally hear people from Armin's team that are screaming, running away, and so it's like, dude, just stupid seeing that. Just Armin, I, I've, I really think everyone's on the side. Everyone wants wants Daryush to KO Armin really bad tonight. Um, after that whole situation, but let's go from the the bottom of the card up to the top. Um, some fights that I think are going to be pretty good. Um, you know, I think um, Hardy versus Horth, that's going to be a good one to start it off. I think Hardy's going to get a finish. Um, Terman versus Gooden, oh, man, that, that's probably going to be a finish as well. <laughs> there's some there's some fights in here um, that it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, Poteria um, versus Bellato. I remember that the he's the duelist, I believe. Um, he usually has some pretty good sequences. Close versus Selecki. Close was the guy that, um, for those that remember, there was the comeback clip with Dariush. He almost KOs Dariush, and then Dariush rallies back, catches him, and just gets it going. Um, Reese versus Brundage. That's going to be an interesting one. Um, Tate versus Avila. Uh, that's the featured prelim. 
And then we go into the top. Um, you know, I think some of the fights that I, I really think are going to be interesting. Um, Clay Guida versus Silva. Silva's the guy that almost KO'd Armin. He's unranked. Um, Clay Guida, though, it's going to be that Joaquin Silva's pretty good. We we saw there. And so I I don't know. We're going to see what happens here. Um, if I, Clay Guida can get his grappling going and just keep coming nonstop. Gasolum versus Brady. Gasolum makes 170 against Brady. I think one thing that's dangerous here for Brady is we saw that Brady's striking is not that good <laughs> in his last fight. Um, it can definitely be exposed. Um, if you're getting KO'd by Bilal, that is not a good sign. And especially if he's going against Gaslam, who can definitely crack a lot harder, I think... Um, this could be dangerous for Brady. I'm leaning Gaslam on this one. I think Gaslam is going to have the ability to stop the takedowns. He's training with Cejudo. Um, I, I don't think this is going to... I I can see a KO by Gaslam here, really. I think um, if Brady's not able to get his takedowns going, I I think his striking is just a lot further behind. Um, might see might see him a resurgence, you know, after the Bilal fight, but I just don't... I just don't think that was... <laughs> If it's, that's a, a huge red flag. If you're getting KO'd by Bilal, that's that's not a good sign. Um, this is the fight probably I'm most excited about. Font versus Figueredo. Um, Figueredo's you know debut at 135. If Figgy gets this done and beats Font, you're potentially looking at definitely a top five for Figgy next. Um, and you know 135 stack, but then it starts getting really interesting. Some of the fights you could do, whether you want to do you know. Figgy versus Sandhagen, you know, you can go Fizzy versus Figgy versus Marab. Fig if Aljo stays at 135, that could be interesting. Um there's a lot of a lot of fights that, you know, if Figueredo, I really want to see him get it done. I uh, I think some of the matchups here could get exciting cuz Figgy's pretty big and was cutting a lot of weight to get to 125. And the face-offs, in my opinion, we're going to see in the octagon tonight um, how big the size difference really is. But I, it did look, from first glance, font, font looked a little bit bigger, if I'm being honest, in the face-offs. But now we have, you know, the full 24 hours. You're going to have more than 24 hours now, you know, going into fight night. And that's historically where we've seen, you know, Figgy really puts on back on weight and just looks massive. So we're going to see what happens when they get in the cage. Turner taking the fight short notice versus Bobby Green. You know if Bobby Green gets this done and like KOs Turner, he's definitely probably gonna call out maybe the winner of Sarukian versus Daryush now. Um that's probably what's gonna happen, I imagine. He's gonna make some call out on Saryukian, like, hey, if you win, we're fighting next. You're you're defending that rank now. Um but um I this is gonna be an interesting one. I Jalen Turner is dangerous as heck, but it's uh coming in on short notice. Um, Bobby Green, man, coming off his KO win of Grant Dawson, so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens here. Um, I'm not sure which way to go on this one. Um, you know, I think Jalen Turner. The one thing that's very one thing that could be dangerous here for Bobby Green is how he does fight with his hands down. Um, Jalen Turner has caught a lot of people with his, you know, his kicks and certain strikes he throws. So that could be dangerous against against Jalen Turner for Bobby Green. But um, yeah, we'll see what happens. And then the fight, you know, 
the the main the main event Darush versus Sarukian. I already gave my opinion. I don't feel Sarukian really deserved this fight. Yeah, I think he should have probably fought someone in like the six to ten range, kind of near his rank first. But um, yeah, they're going for it, and I think I'm on the side that I hope Darush KOs Sarukian. I think this dude's been getting way too cocky. Um, now pulling BS, you know, with this whole Bobby Green situation and. It's just, it's like, what are you doing, man? Um, so I think, I hope Darush gets it done. I really feel like, you know, the fight Darush really deserved was um, the Poirier fight. I feel like that made a hell of a lot of sense right now where, you know, both have lost, both Darush, Darush and um, Poirier have the losses to, have the losses to Oliveira. Poirier's coming off a loss to, you know, to Gaethje and Darush and Poirier are right next to each other in the rankings. I believe they're two and three. So it's like, realistically, I think that made perfect sense, but Poirier did not want that fight, apparently. Um, I think he's probably waiting for, you know, the big money fight, you know, potentially if they can get a Nate Diaz versus Poirier on USC 300. That's one of the options of that, you know, that super fight they're talking about, in my opinion. Um, But yeah, um, tonight, I feel like, you know, in my prediction for this fight, I'm actually going to go with Dariush. I think he's going to, I think he's going to get, he's going to KO Sarukian. That's a, that's a bold pick, but with how Sarukian did get clipped in his last fight, I think it can be done. And, um, you know, Dariush is very good at timing those bomb shots, um, against fighters that, you know, like using grappling or just, he's just very, very creative. So we'll see what happens here. Um, my predictions for maybe what that super fight could be, you know, that Dana was talking about. Um, so that's one option. I really think it, you know, I'm leaning that it's probably going to involve Nate Diaz. Um, I think that, you know, Nate Diaz has very been very obvious about how he does not want to fight for the PFL. Jake keeps wanting that, obviously. I think PFL's business model, you know, I'll, I'll talk about this too. You know, PFL Bellator got... The acquisition got announced since my last episode. Um, here's my opinion of, you know, just the whole situation. I don't think PFL's business model like this is going to be sustainable. If, like, I, I just don't think it's sustainable. Because um, if you think about it, their pay per view buys, even during the the event they just had their the first this this past event, the first Bellator PFL one. Um, it was even getting kind of attacked on social media a lot about the production and everything. Um, I don't think this business model is going to be sustainable. The the buys are not matching up. And then you have to think long-term. They're going to have to re-sign all these guys. So if they want to do like Deontay Wilder versus Ngannou, um, Jake Paul, all these Bellator champs, you know, that could potentially enter free agency, you know, they're going to have to uh, really offer them some big deals. Otherwise, they're just going to go to the UFC. Um, and that's where I think that, you know, uh, that's where, you know, why I think that PFL is really begging for cross-promotion um, more than ever right now because they know, like, sustain- like long-term, it's it's not going to work out, in my opinion. And then also, one thing that was very interesting, they put out a stat trying when the acquisition got announced, they tried saying that um, the PFL has 30% of the top 25 fighters in the world. They didn't release a list of who those fighters were. 
And obviously it was their own rankings. So you have to think about it just like how MMA fighting does where their rankings always get like freaking just called out because they're just like they have like Bellator champs and like the top like on the top of the list ahead of like UFC champs and whatnot. And it's just like, dude, you can't be that high if you're not fighting the best in the world. Um, And so it's stuff like that where it's like there's a reason why they didn't reveal who all those fighters were because if they did you know like they're gonna get trolled if they people start seeing like you know they've got like pfl fighters above ufc fighters and whatnot um and so i think just um that's kind of my opinion of the pfl bellator acquisition i think a lot of the big fighters that over there i think are gonna make their way over to the ufc i really think you're gonna have more people like doing what you know the bigger names over there um, I really think you're probably going to eventually have patchy mix. Just go come to the UFC. I think the UFC will make them an offer. I think, you know, let's see here. Patricio Pitbull clearly doesn't really want to come over to the UFC. Otherwise he would have done it by now. Um, so they're already talking about him versus Pineda over there. Um, then you got, um, you know, there's, I'm just trying to think some of the other names. Usman Nurmagomedov, I imagine it's going to stay over there. Um, but I mean, again, potentially get him over, but Islam's the champ over here right now. So kind of, I don't think they're going to want to fight each other. Um, there's just like a handful of names that maybe, you know, Usman Ramagomedov, Patchy Mix. Um, let's see here. Some other ones over there that maybe, you know, the UFC might be interested in, um, It'd be interesting to seeing what that Pineda kid, if he keeps going, um, be interesting. Um, AJ McKee kind of got a little bit exposed by, um, you know, Pipple, so his stock kind of dropped a little bit. But before AJ McKee was really up there, you know, to come over to the UFC, um, Michael Venom Page already kind of one of those that, you know, is make is gonna he's free free agent. Dylan Danis clearly seems like is in the talks. You know, he wasn't high-ranked over there, but definitely one of their bigger names. Um, it's probably going to the UFC. So I think, you know, in my opinion, I just don't think this uh, this move for PFL is going to be sustainable. I think they're going to kind of end up in the same situation kind of like one, one championship is right now where they're burning through a lot of cash real fast, and I don't think it's going to end well. Um, other things, I know I went on a little sidetrack there. Other fights I could see being for UFC 300. Obviously, you can go McGregor, uh, Chandler, but I don't think that's the super fight. Another thing, if they went just another different route, they went McGregor versus Nate Diaz 3. They changed it up, but they'd have to, and then, so that would be an interesting one. Um, I don't know. Uh, UFC 300, other big ones. I'm not sure. I think I think Nate Diaz Poirier would be probably one of my top guesses if I'm being honest though. I think that could be a because they tried to book that one in the past. I think that could be a really good one. Um, another route you could go, it could maybe involve Gaethje, the BMF belt. Um, Gaethje versus you know Max Holloway was talking. Hey, let's do one for the fans. Max Holloway versus Gaethje. That could be a really cool one for UFC 300. I thought that one's cool. A lot of, a lot of people on the side that you know. Gaethje could be the one to to knock Holloway out but I've always thought that fight would be really cool at 155 because 
you know, Holloway going to 155 and fighting Poirier, that wasn't the easiest fight for Poirier. Um, you know, and so I could, and, you know, Holloway with his volume could give Gaethje some problems, um, as long as, you know, he doesn't let Gaethje get, get off those leg kicks and mess his movement up. But, um, Holloway's volume is really good and that could give Gaethje some problems. Um, so that could be another option. Um, but we'll see what happens. That's kind of my, my episode for today, guys. Hope everything's going well. Hope we have a great card tonight and hope you're having a great start to December. Thanks. See ya.